Welcome to Out of Rotation, volleyball talk for players, coaches, and fans. Presented by the American Volleyball Network. Here's your host, University of Louisville Associate Head Coach Dan Meskin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, Louisville legend Raquel Lotharo. 2022 ACC Setter of the Year, honorable mention, All-American, an appearance in the national final, a 31-3 record overall. I've known Raquel only for about a year. She came in as a transfer. She had that COVID year, so she entered the portal, used her extra year, and she chose to spend it with us here at Louisville. And I can't be more excited that I got to know her. Uh, Getting to sit down with her It really comes through in this interview of how fun and bubbly a personality Raquel has, but what I think is refreshing is to hear that it doesn't always come easy for her. I've only seen Raquel mad one time in my life, and we actually go over that in the interview here, but again, it's it doesn't always come natural for her. She has to work on that. She's very aware of the impact she has on the people around her. And for a setter, that's one of the most valuable things we can probably learn. So I hope you enjoy our conversation together. Here she is, Raquel Lothero. I'm excited to chat with you today. Uh, maybe some people from your native Spain tune in. So if you want to give them a quick shout out in Spanish, go for it. Saludos a todo el mundo. <laughs> Um, so yeah, catch us up real quick on where you're at, uh, pro season, you know, obviously you went from Louisville right into pro, where do you find yourself right now? What have you been up to the last couple of months? Um, so I came back from Italy and it was a very unique season. I would say I, uh, so many things were happening and I think there was a lot to learn about from, um, myself and from like the people around me. I, was super privileged to uh, practice every day with these amazing girls. And I did very good, good um, friends that were there for me um, when I was like really low. I think it was hard for all of us. So it was nice to have like a group of people to go to. Yeah. So um, when you talk about when you talk about the the low, low, I think you said, and a lot of time to think. Mm-hmm. So take me to what that yeah. means for you. Obviously, it's a, it's an adjustment. There's a cultural adjustment. There's a lot of different things going on there. So when you get to your first season of pro, obviously you want to think it's going to be this like, oh, it's everything I ever dreamed. But obviously there were some struggles. So take me through a little bit of what that was. And you, you said you leaned on your teammates. I'm just curious what that experience was like. Um, Obviously, I didn't play because Micah is great. She's amazing. Yeah, Micah um, Hancock and, was the starting setter for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I knew that from the beginning that I wasn't really going to play a lot. Um, the conversation that I had with the coach before that was um, obviously like Micah's here, so she's going to play and you will uh, learn from her and like you'll get your minutes, you know, you'll go in for the double change and um, feel that role and we need like some energy and practice and stuff like that. I was like, okay, I got that. Like, I do want in my first season to be like an eye-opening experience um, and learn from Micah. I think that it was it's the the biggest takeaway from this this like four last months. The biggest one. She's amazing. And so, what um, would be the one thing you said is the biggest takeaway? Obviously, there's probably a lot from her, but when you think back on your time backing up Micah Hancock, one of the best setters in the world, you're gonna remember this that you learned from her. Before every practice or almost every practice, she would be like, so what are you working on today? 
just like you did before games. <laughs> but she would she would just like say before practice and oh so okay well today I'm focusing on blocking today I'm focusing on like finishing towards the ball or something like that so then like every day you're like working on something specific for you because everyone like you know like in your journey like there's different days that you want to focus on different things we'll keep going we were talking a little bit about uh, about pro there and i know micah helped you out quite a bit but keep going on yeah. that, on your pro journey there so um after um so after a couple of weeks i got in the role so i was just feeling very good in practice i um i was confident i, I was confident because i was enjoying practice I would go there and like get strong and you know I would compete in practice and but I they, they, it got to a point where I just didn't get any minutes and when you're like doing all this work and then like you don't get any minutes and um you feel lonely as I was saying about like just living by yourself and um we weren't even winning you know it's different when it, it the team is winning and then you don't play it's like okay but if we're not really winning and then the team isn't um like I'm not playing then it's like oh, like do a change but whatever um yeah I think that's fair so who do you reach out to in those moments are you talking to people on the team are you talking to you said you live alone so who do you reach out to or how do you because you've my family your family yeah my family like a hundred percent um they understand um my dad was a professional basketball player Mm -hmm. so he is (laughs) so (laughs) he never told me how hard it was to be a professional player so I got there with a lot of like birds in my head like I I was thinking (laughs) everything was gonna be great I made it I'm professional I've been dreaming about playing in Italy since I'm 14 years old maybe so I was like there I made it right after NCAAs and then I get there I don't play I feel alone I don't really um like I'm like stuck in like a place where I'm like phew this is this is this is what I wanted but this is not how I wanted it to be so yeah, when my parents came, they made me so happy. And honestly, just having like someone from outside come visit you and um, make sure you're okay and like cuddle you and stuff <laughs> like that just made me like, it, okay, yes, volleyball is like very big part of my life, but it's not my, it's not entirely me. Like I have so many other things apart from volleyball and if one thing isn't working, then I will have another thing that I can focus on. And like, my worth is not as a volleyball. Like, I'm not only a volleyball player. I am so much more. So, like, I think that's great. Yeah. That's really profound. Yeah. I would say even. Well, and I want to touch really quick on your parents because I want to touch on this in other episodes too of like how important okay. and how hard it is sometimes to like parent a really high level athlete. So, like, obviously, I've met your parents. They're the sweetest people in the world. Um, But when you reach out to them and things aren't going your way, I know for me, I mean, my kids aren't that old yet. But when they're in pain, it's like, oh, man, all I want to do is, like, fix it, you know? And I'm just curious because your parents did obviously a great job with you. You, We're going to get into kind of your career of 
you were playing at USC, then you weren't playing. Then you played at Louisville, then you go professional. So your parents have been on that roller coaster with you. How do they support you in those moments? What are those conversations like from your parents? Like what's really good support feel like for an athlete who's in those situations? Um, okay. That's a great question. (laughs) My, my mom is more like loving type of parent that makes sure that I have someone to talk about and to vent to if I need it. Sometimes I don't want it because I don't want to like get, like, I don't want to be critic about my situation, Mm -hmm. but she's there if I need that. And, um, yeah, that's more like my mom. She's just like super loving. And my dad is like, are you working? Could you do extra? You're not playing. Are you going the next day, the, your day off to the gym? Are you trying to get out of out of your way to like be better? Are you like working your 100%? Like, so he would send me a bunch of, like if you see our conversation in Instagram, um, mostly like during this season and then like, when I was at USC and I wasn't really playing, it was all videos of um, Kobe Bryant hmm. and like the Mamba mentality. Yeah. And he 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 follows more basketball, but he does get a lot of like videos like this, and he would send them to me, and it would be like, okay. And then in these hard moments, actually, was when I started, um, what's it called, uh, aff- uh, doing affirmations. So like things that I would like from videos or like stuff that I would read, not like read on Instagram, like captions, like little quotes and stuff. Like I would put it in post-its and like put it on my wall and be like, okay, yes. Like every day I'm reminded, am I doing everything I can to like be a little better or like how, how I take care of myself is also very important as an athlete. Am I, drinking too much because obviously it's college like (laughs) I am being as healthy as I could be or uh do I have to chill or um there's like a lot of stuff that if you think about it a little bit then you'd be like okay wait let me let me do yeah I want to go back to the affirmations what's your favorite one or what's one that you picture yourself seeing most often like what's the one you picture when you say I put affirmations on the wall the first one is Dreams do come true. I love that. I I started affirming that actually when I went to Louisville because I did have this dream and it was coming true and I was seeing it and literally like in every game day I would meditate. Um and that that's what I was going to like what what is my dream? We're like working towards the national championship and we like meditating that and like thinking about it and like how would it feel and obviously we didn't get that last the like getting the trophy up but like I would think about it and I would embody it if I like what 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 would I feel what would I think and yeah that's a very big one and I could hear you talk about playing pro for like two hours but I want to get to more about you because again (laughs) Um, I think there's a lot of people either yeah. maybe that are overseas that are intrigued by NCAA volleyball or even just young players that, you know, are a, a freshman and they want to play college volleyball and just hearing insights from somebody who's done it at such a high level. So um, I want to back up and kind of start because our recruiting process with you is so fast. Like normally 
you're recruiting somebody mm-hmm. for months and you really get to know them. And we really only got to know you as like a college player. So I want to spend a little bit of time on what shaped you at home. So I did, you know, a little bit of research on okay. the bio, right? So you had seven years, I think it was seven years with the Spanish national team before you even came over here, right? You had U16, U18, you were doing everything with the Spanish yes. national team. Yes. Two golds. Mm-hmm. When were the gold medals? Oh my God. Okay. It pales in comparison to the final four. Back it? in the day. Um, one was with, no, I got a silver and a, and a gold, I think. Well, your bio no? says two goals and it looks really good. So I'm gonna I'm not gonna correct anybody on that <laughs> bio. So I don't know if we're gonna go back and research. Okay, one gold was when I was 16. I was playing um, with like under 19, and as a setter, it it was like I I say as a setter because I wasn't a setter before. Is that right? Oh, hold I, I want to talk more about that. So when did you transition to being a setter? What age? Okay, so I. I got to this program that's made for by the national team for young athletes, and we basically go to the go go to school at morning, and then we pra- we would practice like four hours a day. When I was thirteen, so it's almost like so semi-pro at that home. age. Yeah, it, we played like second division in Spain. Okay. So uh, since I'm thirteen, I'm out of my house, and I've been doing that. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Wow. Yeah, so when years. you're 12 and you're talking about next year, I'm going to move out. Is that what you're saying? You moved out of the house at 13 to go to a volleyball yeah. school. So what, mm-hmm. what's that year like when you're, you're 12 and I mean, at 12, you don't even, you're not, you don't even know if you're any good at the sport yet and you're going to move out of your house yeah. to just train that sport. What's that year like? What's the build up to that? I mean, I picture, are your parents crying every day? What's going on with that? <laughs> My mom was. I believe it. <laughs> Well, I didn't know when I was 12. I knew when I was um, 13. So it okay. was like pretty fast process. They called me. So I was I was thir- t- thir- 12, 12, 13 years old. And I was playing national championships uh, like my age. And then was this coach from national team, Begonia, she saw me play and she called my parents and be- was like, do you know what Soria is? Do you want to come like try out to come during the year and I was like what me but what and my mom was like no you're not going um you're too young I'm not letting you get out of my house until you're 15 like she was like no 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 <laughs> so um I went one summer this summer uh they called me what in June or something uh in July I went there and I practiced only for a week there wow and I was an outside hitter here, okay, middle outside hitter. And I saw the under 18-year-old national team uh, practicing, and I just saw them, and I was like, <laughs> wow, I want to be like them. And they were jumping so much and hitting the ball so strong, and just like, they were so... It, I, I just saw it, and I was like, I want that for me. Like, I, I need that. I was just going to say, and then, so how do you flip over to setter? Is that a need on the team? Is that, okay, they're kind of okay. noticing you in practice. What's that What's that transition like? Uh, well, I was a little shorter. I, I mean, I, I'm, oh, I don't know, inches. Wait, okay, so in, <laughs> in centimeters, I was 175 when I got there, and I was 13. Okay. And now I'm 183, so I, like, Only a few a more lot. inches, yeah. So you were pretty tall yes. at 12, 13. They thought you'd maybe be a middle. Uh, no, they actually thought I wasn't going to grow more. Oh, okay. 
So they were like, you're going to be libero or you're going to be setter. I was like, what? No, I love to hit and I'm so good. But, <laughs> but yeah. I'm sure then, you were at that um, age. You bombed some I mean, balls in our gym and warm-ups too. You got a good arm. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I do need to get better at that. But, um, well, after like a month in the pro- this program, I obviously it was a lot of work. And I got my quadriceps, like, got very tight. And um, obviously, it's the first time that I'm lifting weights. It's the first time that I'm practicing four hours a day. So um, my body was just very tired. And uh, my quad got, um, I don't know, it was pulled. So um, I didn't practice for a week. But I had to go to practice. And every practice, they would make me be against the ball like this. So then they told me that um, that because of my physical, I was not going to be a great outside and that if I wanted to like reach something, I had to be a setter. I was like, okay, well, I want to be the best of what I can. So then I guess I'll just be a setter. And at the beginning, I didn't like it. It was like a lot of thinking and um, are you saying that Are you saying that outsides don't have to think? <laughs> just kidding. Um, they they do have to think, but not as much as all you. different ways. I totally agree. In different ways. <laughs> um, well, I want to keep moving here, so uh, I want to okay. spend a little bit of time on how you get from there to deciding you want to go NCAA, but then how you end up. You know, you end up going to USC. So not only did you come to the states, you actually went all the way across the states as far as you could possibly get from. Spain. Yeah. What was that process like identifying, I really want to go to the States to play? And then how did you end up getting recruited and ending up at USC? Okay. So some of my teammates that played with me, like a couple years older than me here in, in La Permanente, it's called this place in Soria that I was talking about. So some of my teammates uh, were getting into college in Spain and like going to professional teams. But if they changed team, in professional then they would have to like restart their university or like because the credits wouldn't pass or something like that Mm -hmm. so then like hearing their struggle I was like I don't know about that (laughs) and then that that made me because my parents is two things that um were very with me like if I wanted to be a an athlete then I had to have good grades because they did uh, and spent a lot of money in our education when we were little. So um, I decide that I'm going to look into getting to America. My dad plays basketball. Well, is a basketball coach. So he had gone to the States uh, to a couple like summer camps, knew some basketball coaches. And then he made a video for me and he was like, hey, look at my daughter. I remember seeing <laughs> like, that video. Think- I think I was... I might have even been at Nebraska at the time. I don't remember, but I remember that video circulating because there's not a lot of great international players uh, that everybody knows about. So, like that one was blasted out to every, and everybody seemed to be talking about this Spanish setter who was really good. So, however you put that film together, everybody <laughs> thought it looked really good because everybody was talking yeah, about it. Yeah, thanks, Dad. <laughs> so, then take so, me through the process. So, you get that video out, you start to get some interest. So, how do you land mm-hmm. on, on USC? Are you just, I want to be in LA, or that's the biggest city, or what? Because I don't ever know from an international's perspective what people like. You probably never even heard of Louisville at the time. You probably couldn't pick it out no. on, on a map, but maybe USC. I it's didn't like even LA. know USC. 
Well, there you go. That's why I wonder I, from an international's perspective, like what universities even pop out there make sense of like, oh, I know. Or is NCAA just like for most people, you're starting fresh. You don't really know much of anything. Um, if I'm being honest, I didn't know a lot. I knew like some like I mean, UCLA is very known because of movies and Stanford and because of movies. Um, yes, li literally. And that's it. Honestly, okay. and what um, I didn't really know much about NCAA. And when I started getting all these messages, I was like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> so we looked into uh, best academic schools, as I was saying before, my parents really wanted that. So um, uh, we tried to get like the best school, Volvo, like win the best conference and academic. So we did kind of like that selection. And uh, I was super lucky. I was actually deciding between two other schools. And then mm, JJ, that's the second coach at USC, was before Utah. So he like showed my video to a new coach at USC. And then they called me and I was like, oh, I like, yes. <laughs> Very yeah. cool. So then you go to USC, you start your freshman year. That's actually the first time I got to see you play live. I don't know if you remember it, but we've Perfect. talked about it since you came here. We played yeah. you down in Florida. We lost mm -hmm. you guys in three. You guys were going insanely fast. Um, and then that was a weird tournament because I think you guys maybe then turn, turned around and lost to UCF, who we beat. Florida, I think, lost to UCF as well. It was a very weird tournament where everyone lost to yeah. everybody. Um, and then so that freshman year, I think Pac-12 setter of the year, right? First year, you get a big accolade. I think you're a Pac-12 freshman. No, of I was the year. Freshman, freshman, freshman of the, of the year. year. Setter yeah. was Jenna Gray, yeah. I think. Yes. So, Pac-12 freshman of the year, first experience yeah. with the U.S. Um, so then from there, it was very cool. Very very cool. Um, really quick, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I just want to get now from there. You play that first year, a new coach comes in, a new setter comes in, and you're kind of dealing with the same thing in pro where you're not playing as much. So you were playing mm -hmm. kind of like you just described with Lu or you described with Louisville, you know, you play a ton, you go to a national championship here at Louisville, you go pro and now you're sitting. Same thing kind of happens at USC. You know, you're obviously quite a bit younger though. Is that a really similar experience to what you felt at pro or was it different because you were away from home and you were, you know, in school and it was this new NCAA thing or did you feel like it felt very similar to, you know, your professional experience where you weren't maybe playing as much right away? It was very different. It was very different because I didn't, with Micah, I just saw that she was way better than me. And I was like, okay. And this is something that I actually was thinking yesterday that I really wanted to say that you as a player, I, for example, know I'm a great setter. I have a great, a lot of great qualities and there's still going to be some coaches that will prefer another person. And that is okay. You, you got to accept that. Uh, and it's not something that you can do or you can't getting with peace with myself because okay so what I wrote down because this is I was like thinking yesterday I was like crying okay this is so deep I but love it. The, what I wanted to say is that you I am a great setter I have a, a lot of great qualities and still there's going to be some coaches that will decide not to play you and like how and that is okay like you gotta accept that, and the thing is, like, how you react to that? Are you, um, you gotta work harder. You like, in in this moment in my 
a volleyball career was the first time where I actually had a challenge. Uh, you know, I was starting setter for three years and I didn't really have a lot of competition, but like for the first time I had real competition and I was like, I want to play. I, I, I really want to play. And I really was going in there to the gym and I was working hard and like how you react in those situations is like very important. And like, the thing is to keep going. So, so, um, what, so what kept you going? My family, but also because I saw that I, I could, but, but yeah, like the thing is just to keep going and you'll have that opportunity because like your effort, your energy, your everything, your essence in practice is very important. And one thing I would have done different is maybe gone, had gone to the coach and like, um, ask what I need to be better or like because maybe he had this idea of like how he wanted the team to run and maybe me I was more for that than I was but also I could have gone to him and I could have been like okay like for me to play like what you want this team to play like what do I have to work on instead of just like going there by myself and like working Mm, like my setting my um like speed or like um so so what holds players back from doing that because I hear that sometimes too like oh I just wish I would have asked and a lot of times just communication and just getting clarity on things is so much at the heart of just issues like this so like put another player in those shoes right there what held you back from doing that did you feel like oh I already think I know or I'd, I'm scared of what I might hear, or I don't want them to think that I'm a problem. I don't want them to think that I'm complaining. Like, what holds players back in those situations when you're feeling that? And then you look back years later and go, oh, I wish I would have just asked. It's hard. For me, I think it was that I didn't want him to see that I was weak and that I was overthinking this and that I, and that he was in my head, kind of. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that makes sense. And I tell you, you even struggle with that as a coach because it's like vulnerability is not weakness. To be vulnerable and ask is not showing weakness, but so many times we just lump the two together. If I'm vulnerable, they'll think I'm weak. And I think that holds people back. That holds coaches back too from clear communication. So I think that's pretty, pretty accurate statement. So very cool. Yeah. Well, let's get to uh, let's get to some Louisville years. You got the Louisville shirt on today, which I love. Like puts me in a good mood. Very good cool. Um, okay, so I'm gonna I want to start at the beginning with Louisville, the recruiting okay. process. So you get in the portal, and so from fast. my memory of this, you were in the portal to you were like committed to come to Louisville. It felt like in like two minutes. Like you and Danny talked on the phone or whatever, but it seemed to go so fast. That's my recollection mm-hmm. of it. I just felt like okay, she's in the portal. She's coming here. It happened so quick. I don't even think you visited. <laughs> How do you remember that going? No, uh, obviously I was watching the, the tournament didn't start yet, but I was watching like all the teams that um, had written me and then Louisville. It was like the season where you guys you were even undefeated. say it correctly now. Louisville. You just said yes, it perfectly. I, at the beginning, I was like, Louisville. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, so... I was like, wow, this is interesting. And then I, I remember I saw some video before I talked with Danny and the team just looked so cohes- 
cohesive is called it says cohesive but we'll we'll take it Co- cohesive okay so yeah every, everything looked so organized and um like the team was just so united and there was like a lot of great players i was seeing for next year i was like oh interesting this is um <laughs> very interesting and they want to talk with me okay so i decide i call danny and i think we talked for like our and something hour and a half or something like that and the one thing that i really loved is that she didn't we were just talking and talking and talking but she didn't ask me a lot of volleyball stuff it was more like of who i am and like how i am as a person and like my parents like um how i started to play like she just wanted to get to know me and i think this was so important because i like I was like, wait, you're not asking any volleyball questions. And she, and she said something like, yeah, because I want to know you as a person, if you're like a fit to our program or culture and like who we are. And I was like, that's so smart. Like, <laughs> obviously, you know how I play. You've seen videos of me and you you, you can think that I have potential. That's when you want to coach me. But like, hope you really want to know when you're recruiting, like who you are recruiting, like if, is that person going to like be a, have a positive impact in, in your program. And um, yeah, it took me another call and I was sell. I, I, I just loved Danny. And I think that relationship, once I got there, like it, it was every week that we had set her, set her video, like, it was it was just going better and better and better. Yeah, so I, I think that's something great. people would be really intrigued to hear about too, because I'm not even in those all the time. So weekly video with Danny, she does it with every setter mm-hmm. in the program, whether they're starting or they're working their way into the lineup. What are those meetings like? You sit down, I mean her office is like massive. Okay. You walk in the first time, mm-hmm. you sit down, she's got video on. What's that experience like with, you know, a, a great setter coach like that? Obviously, you're talking the volleyball, but what do you remember from those meetings? Like, what sticks out as, like, a core memory of, you know, I miss this about doing that with Danny or doing video there? So, first of all, we we would talk about volleyball, obviously, like, my decisions and um, maybe do this, maybe repeat here or, like, um, maybe not set this here because, like, the approach is hard or blah, 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 volleyball. Um but like I remember what I really remember from these meetings is like just catching up between us and being like, how is Boom? And like <laughs> she telling me about her little son and or like, how do you feel? I remember um, one of the last weeks before we got into the tournament, I was really struggling Um like I felt the team needed more from me a little bit, but then I wasn't really doing my best volleyball. And there was like a lot of pressure in like being consistent and stuff like that. And then like maybe a little bit of like my imagination, a little bit of like um, what I saw, there was like some comments that I thought that maybe someone was mad at me and or like annoyed with me and then I would like go to her and like say like do do you see this or like am I making it up in my mind Mm -hmm. and she was like if you have any problem just go talk with that player and like figure it out like 
don't like we're all a team we all want the best for the team like if you feel this way like she it, it's the best thing if like she knows how you're feeling so like maybe you you guys can work on it so yeah and this was like re- like a few weeks before we got into the tournament so, so just for context, i think this helped us a lot just for context this is in the, in the middle of a season where we went 31 and 3 and we won the conference. Yes. So I don't know if this is stemming from a loss or from practice, but I think it's refreshing to hear from somebody that on paper you would think this was this beautiful, perfect year. And here's, yeah. you know, this issue that we're kind of dealing with. So is that something that was it like a casual, I want to grab this player and just talk this out? Or hey, let's go grab coffee together, or you wrote him a letter. Like how did you how did you deal <laughs> with this? Uh I actually um just uh we were right after practice and I was like hey you mind if we like talk a little bit and she was like sure and then I explained how I felt and um she didn't didn't know I felt that way and she was like oh I'm I'm sorry like yeah so it was just like a, a complete misunderstanding and so it, I'm glad that I went and talked to her about it because then it was like w- the season is very long like okay it's four months but like it's very intense with like with each other every single day and we play a lot of games and obviously there's stuff gonna come up and it's good to talk things out when like it doesn't feel right and until it, it feels right so uh, I'm glad I went to talk with her and then we just went rolling yeah and a lot of times I feel like we build those up in our head and then you have that talk for like yeah. two minutes and you maybe were thinking about it for two weeks and then it was done. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it comes with age too because you talked about it earlier at USC. It's like, I wish I just would have had a conversation and the conversation might have been five mm-hmm. minutes, but then there's just so you just can move on from that. So I think that's great. But like I said, 31 and three, your senior year at Louisville, um, you know, I want to ask you a personal question because after coaching you for a season, when were you ever I saw you mad one time the entire season. I only saw you mad one time. Do you know the time I'm talking about? Remind me. Okay, so this is the only time I've ever seen you mad in your entire life. Um we were okay. doing a serve and pass and at the end of serve oh my and pass, God, yes. at the end of serve and pass, everybody like serves an extra ball or they're like messing around and you're walking across the court, you get pelted by a serve and you I don't think you could say it on this podcast. You went off in Spanish. And I learned every cuss word in Spanish, I think. I've never but seen you was, so mad. No, no, not that bad. It was the third time in that practice that someone hits me in the head. <laughs> so it took three. And it was, yeah, it took three. But it was like stupid times. It like was very we, silly. we were like messing around, or like I was like bouncing the ball to serve, and then the ball, like someone would serve, and like it would hit my head. And I was like, well, I tell you, then, Danny doesn't get mad but, very often either, and Danny was pretty mad too. So, but man, when you went <laughs> off in Spanish, I mean, at the time it wasn't as funny, but like, I mean, within a day, I was laughing at it pretty good. But I, I do want to get on that because you, know, I say it jokingly, like I only, I really only did see you mad once. But from a setter's perspective, and this is almost like a bigger question, like how aware mm-hmm. are you of your, I, I would just say mood or presence or impact on other people because from my perspective with a setter if the setter comes in and they're having a bad day everybody has a bad day like if your setter isn't feeling it it's hard for to get your team going so how much of that is just like you as a person because you are one of the like most lighthearted and just like fun people I've ever been around 
But oh, obviously we're not like that every day. How much are you like aware no. of it? Like, hey, I'm not really feeling it today, but my team really needs me to, you know, bring this energy they've come to expect from me. Or is that just who you are naturally? I've always just wondered if that's just so natural for you or if it's something that certain days you really have to manufacture it or you're, you're breathing before practice to make sure you can give to your team what they've expected from you. Is this happening naturally? You don't even think about it? Or is this something that you are more kind of conscious about it? It's a little bit of both. I feel like I'm naturally very um, positive, go hard, go like, let's get this and woohoo and all that. But uh, for example, like this time I had, I, I don't know if you saw, but I went directly to the bathroom and I had to breathe. And obviously I am a person and I have emotions and um I, I like, if I have a bad day, then I try to like leave it outside the court because yeah. uh, what am I, I'm not going to get better. I'm not going to make my teammates better. I'm not going to um, enjoy if I bring those things with me. So I think I try, I try my best to leave everything, all the problems that are happening to me off the court. And then once in the court, just like, free myself I feel like volleyball is it's just so fun and I just had a great time every time we're in the gyms <laughs> I am the same way volleyball is fun and it should I feel like it should mm -hmm. be fun every day like I hope with our practices too it's like yeah there's times to grind and you're preparing for teams and things can get mundane but I feel like you should have fun playing volleyball every time you play not like oh it's a Thursday yeah. practice I'm not looking forward to this I don't know. I think it's refreshing to hear from you, too, because I feel the exact same way. Like when I if I were to do word association with you, like Raquel, fun, like you have fun <laughs> and that you yes, can win I big doing to. that. I think some people think, you know, every once in a while we'll have those silly moments where, yeah, we're kind of jacking around too much and you got hit in the face in a servant pass. <laughs> but we're you know, what I mean? sometimes you have to scale that back, but we should still always be having fun. So I think that's like your almost your superpower is you talk about how long Aww. the season is. And it's like mm -hmm. at the end of the season, there are a lot of teams that are almost battling each other. They've just they've been around each other too much and it's just it's too much to handle where when you can keep it fun. I feel like that's why like we weren't ready for the season to end. Some people, the last ball drops no. and it's like, OK, we've had enough like this was long and we all need a break from each other. It's like we were re we were ready to keep going. I think you were a big part of just it was we so were. fun to be around. Yeah. Um, when you think of your time at Louisville, best memory, what comes to mind? If there's a couple, that's great. But what do you think of what's the core memory of Louisville? That game against Oregon. Game against Oregon at the Yum Center, yes. 10,000 plus people. Yes. What about that game? So we were losing 2-1. They had game point. And that that fourth set, um, I remember we were battling. It was like back and forth. They would do a point. We would do a point. We would do a, another point. They would do a, two points. And then it, it was just like, all the time, like super, super tight, and they had match point. And I just remember thinking, this is not over. Like, it can't be over. So I, I don't know how we sided out. Did they miss a serve? I think there was, I think there was a, a hit, like, all, like over the block and missed by like an inch. Like just, super, it, was, it, yes. it, was, it was close to a micro touch, but I think it was above our block. Yeah. Yes. So we signed it out and I just felt the entire gym 
supporting us. We weren't we weren't six girls in the court. It was like we were so supported. And uh this is just getting me chilled right now. And like winning that fourth set was like, okay, we got it. Like we we just just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. And then um winning that fifth set was insane. But like not not because like at the at the moment it was like we need to win this game. But then after the game was done, it was like realizing like when they came out with this thingy that we were going to the final four. <laughs> and it was like dreams do come true. I love that. So I, I was it. in a cloud. That's so cool. And that was beautiful. And that's a memory that I will never forget. Thanks for listening to Out of Rotation with your host, Dan Meske, presented by the American Volleyball Network. Until next time, come on, don't give them any free points. Always stay in rotation.